Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. Mike Claiborne here. And when we talk about big guests, they don't get any bigger than our guest today. He's the Hall of Famer. He just had his jersey retired. He is Chris Pronger. And first of all, congratulations on the on something that was long overdue. Uh, but more importantly for you, now that the dust has settled, what, what went through your mind after that night? Uh, it was a great night. Uh, had a blast. Uh, got to see a lot of people I hadn't seen in a while. And, uh, you know, that's probably the coolest part is, is just getting caught up with uh, former teammates and, and people you don't necessarily get a chance to see uh, day in, day out. And, uh, you know, just kind of telling our old war stories and having a good time together. It's amazing how much better all you guys got in, in, in 2022 <laughs> compared to, you know, 2008 or nine. Yeah. Hey, you yeah. know, uh, for you having that day, you know, and I've known you from day one, you're an emotional guy on the ice, but you have this great sense of humor and you you kind of take things at an even keel. Any butterflies going through your stomach that night? Because it's not like uh, you're going to do this on a regular basis as far as public speaking. This will be one of the times that people have a chance to see you. So how were your nerves that evening? They were pretty good. Um, you know, I had a couple of uh, Bud Lights in the back <laughs> beforehand to kind of loosen up. Uh, you know, and I had an idea, uh, you know, my from, with respect to my speech and kind of the touch points that I wanted to to make sure I hit. Uh, added a couple things ad lib, but, uh, you know, you get a feel for the, the energy in the building and, and what's hitting home and, um, you know, and then ended it uh, with a cheers to the crowd. So it was the it was done right. You, you know, it's interesting. You, you When you try and write one of these speeches, the, the key is, man, I hope I don't forget anybody. Anybody pop in your head at the last minute? Uh, yeah, there was a few people. Um, but overall, I kind of just went through uh, people that, that really left a mark on, on my tenure here in St. Louis. You're never going to be able to say everybody's name, you know, whether it's a Hall of Fame speech, a Jersey retirement, or just talking about your your tenure with an organization. Uh, there's always people you're going to forget, and 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 that's why you know from a you try to be as generic as possible while still providing some color and content for the for the fans so that they get a a better sense as to what what your time meant in, in the city and and the players that really uh, left the mark on you. Ah, yes, the city. You had a lot of good times, maybe a few <laughs> rough moments. Uh, but give me your best team moment, and then give me your best moment personally while you were in uniform in St. Louis. Um, team moment, I would just say more the, the the friendships and the the competitive juices that you have with with teammates, and um, you know, being able to to learn from some of the best to ever play the game. You know, having played with Gretzky and Hull and Al and Grant Fuhr. Um, you know, these are some of the players that, that are in the top 100. And, and so, um, when you have people like that, as a young player coming in, you're able to learn a great deal. You're able to kind of sit back and, and watch and see how they handle themselves, how they manage, uh, their day-to-day -day business and how they deal with the media, how they deal with, uh, the pressure and, 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 you know, the fandom and all the rest of that stuff. And, and you're able to learn a great deal from from players of that caliber, especially at that point in my career early on. And and a lot of what I saw and learned, I was able to kind of carry over into my career and, and then impart some of that wisdom onto young guys that I played with. 
you know, there, there's so many guys who obviously had an impact on you, but give me a name of somebody who we may not think about, whether it's Al or somebody who's in the Hall of Fame, guys that are more recognizable. Give me somebody who maybe had an impact on you that probably doesn't get the attention that maybe they deserve uh, publicly, but certainly you knew how much they meant to you. Um, you know, I think a lot of the a lot of the people that I met off the ice, you know, you, you, you have this persona on the ice and you have this energy and, and, and character on the ice. And then off the ice, people think you're that same person. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think a lot of times people, you want to step back and kind of get out of the, get out of the fray and, and, and kind of live your own life. And, you know, when I stepped on the ice, I played a certain way and I, you know, but, but off the ice, I wasn't necessarily that same person. And, uh, you know, Doug Albrecht here in St. Louis was somebody who uh, I really got to know a, a great deal. And, and, you know, obviously friends with, he's great friends with Dan Deardorff as well. So knowing people like that in the community that you're able to kind of learn from, um, you know, he had a, you know, a high pressure job himself and, and you're able to kind of learn some of that stuff away from sports necessarily, but, but it's, it's very similar and how do they cope and deal with things? And you're able to kind of learn from a lot of different walks of life. Chris Proger is our guest. Stand by, folks. Here comes your Ameren, Illinois Minute. The pandemic has been the ultimate game changer for many companies, and Ameren, Illinois is no exception. President and Chairman Richard Mark tells us how they've worked with their customers who may have been harshly impacted by COVID. The pandemic has uh, really caused some, un, you know, unprecedented changes and challenges for all industries. And, you know, for us, we, since we provide that vital service, um, you know, we understand customers have to have it. And so with the pandemic, many people were out of work, didn't know when they were going back to work. So some of the things that we tried to do was say, you know, how do we how do we help those customers along? How do we provide some incent, some money to uh, make it available if they couldn't pay their bill? How did we how could we maybe um, suspend late fees and and late payments and and those types of things? So um, what we tried to do is work with our customers. We provided uh, last year over twenty six million dollars in billing assistance for customers to help. And basically, if the customer couldn't pay you know we didn't cut anyone off and and try to just understand what was going on in the communities and I think that's really the the real core and basis of what we try to do back with the Hall of Famer Chris Pronger welcome back everyone hey you know one of the things that I, I always look back on as far as your career uh, while they had different styles as far as communicating, how how fortunate do you think you were to play for Mike Keenan and Joel Quinville, two guys who believed in playing their best players all the time compared to some teams <laughs> and some coaches? I'm just going to roll these six defensemen no matter yeah. what the situation is. You had two guys that would have left you out there if, if, uh, somebody, if some rights group hadn't stepped in and you'd still be on the ice. I mean, what was it like to be able to play for those two guys? Yeah, it was great. You know, obviously Mike is, is more of a, a motivator and, and less of an X's and O's guy. Uh, Joel was, as a former defenseman, very involved in in teaching, you know, a good stick both to the defenseman and the forwards and and making sure that, uh, you know, you're flushing pucks up, creating turnovers, uh, playing at a high, uh, a high pace, uh, 
Um, both very different, but to your point, absolutely loved playing for them because they played the snot out of the, the top guys. And you know, there's lots of times where you're like, oh, "All right, I get, I'm up again." <laughs> you know, when Joe was, he was in Chicago, and he was when he had Seabrook and uh, the other defenseman, yeah. and I and they were you know morning skating. I said, "Hey, Joe, do you ever bag these guys?" He said, "Yeah, every night about seven oh five, I bag them in." <laughs> He said they don't even look at me anymore because they know they're going to just stay out there. And that, that's the fun thing. We have a coach, A, that trusts you, and B, understands what he can get out of you, and you are fortunate. All right, give me a good Keenan moment. Oh, um, you know, when I first got traded to St. Louis, everybody that I knew, oh, you know, whether it was at the Rangers or some of his other stops, are always like, you need to just tell him to F off. You know, when he comes down and starts screaming and yelling at you, just tell him to F off. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and they're like, no, you just need to tell him that's off. Then he'll leave you alone. I'm like, okay. He's come down and start screaming at me one of the first times. And I look at him, I go, F you. And he looked at me, what? Don't you talk to me like that? And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> but then as, as it went along, then, uh, then, uh, then he, you know, as he kept riding, I'm like, then I was really saying it for real. And then he <laughs> left me alone. <laughs> All right. Give me a time that you pissed Joel off. Um, I never really had it. I know. I don't think I ever really pissed Joel off. I saw Holly piss him off though. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I think we all remember that particular practice. <laughs> yeah. They had a puck shooting contest at each other. Um, yeah, no, I don't think Joel ever got mad at me in that regard. You know, uh, you know, obviously you make mistakes and, you know, he might be cussing behind the bench, but, um, you know, I don't think anything, you know, like like in that regard, like Mike and, and things like that, where you get an NFU contest on the bench. Uh, I, I don't think I ever did that with Joel. You know, I, I, I would imagine guys would pay to be on the bench to hear you give it back to Keenan like that, knowing that if they did it, they wouldn't even be able to play, you know, in, in, a, in the KHL anywhere. I mean, he, he yeah. could bury a guy with the best of them. I'm, no, I absolutely. bet you never had to pay for a dinner as long as you were on that team when you would give it to him like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, there was a few guys giving me a little smack and the, the pads. <laughs> hey, now you were a handful to play against and, and nobody wanted to play against you because you were just that true pain in the ass. All right. Who gave you a problem? Who was a guy that, you know, you looked at the roster. Oh shit. We got to play against this guy. You know what? It was the short guys really. Yeah. You know, I, I'll say I struggle, but just, just getting down there and, and, trying to get leverage and lean on them, you know, you get a hold of them. Yeah, they're done. But if you're trying to angle and, and, you know, they're obviously shifty, they're fast. You're trying to get down and, and create leverage against them. And, and it's hard, you know, what, you know, especially once they change the rules, you couldn't grab a guy and you couldn't chuck him around. You, you got to <laughs> figure out how to angle and steer guys without grabbing them and then create that leverage to pin them and, and whatnot. So it, just more from the the height perspective and and trying to get down to that level is difficult at times. You know, uh, you you mentioned several times about the booze that you received in St. Louis, <laughs> but what about San Jose, man? I mean, of all the places that you played, and you pissed a lot of fans off, not to mention players. What was it about San Jose, man, where they started booing as soon as you got on the bus from the team hotel? I mean, was that the most hostile environment you've been in? 
Yeah, I think I I don't really know why they didn't like me that much. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe if we ask Timo Solani and some of those other guys, some you of those know, other guys, Mike, Mike Ricci and some of those guys, I'm sure they could testify on why. Playing them two or three years in a row in the playoffs, like we had Detroit, and then the next tranche of, of teams that we played a lot was with San Jose. Uh, played San Jose here when I was in St. Louis, played him in the playoffs when I was in Edmonton, played him when I was in Anaheim. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I got to know them quite uh, intimately. Intimately is an understatement <laughs> for sure. You know, I know people say it doesn't bother them. Uh, but, you know, when you're focused like you have to be, do you really pay attention to it? And because you chirp, you chirp not only at players, you chirped at fans and anybody else who has a set of ears on them. So obviously you have a filter that you know what sticks and what doesn't. Yeah, you know, there was, a, there was a, a lady that came down to the bench, walked all the way down from her seats, came down, started screaming through the glass, whatever. I grabbed the water and I sprayed her. <laughs> she lost it and started complaining to the usher. And I'm like, well, why stay in your seat? Yeah, Get exactly. Away from like, <laughs> you didn't have to come down here. And, and and the usher's like, well, you think I'm going to – I can't kick this guy out for doing that. You came out of your seat. <laughs> hey, now you walked away from hockey to pursue, pursue some other things. And I really felt like you had a real future. You worked for the league for a while. You worked in, in the front office. And I thought you had a front office written all over you, uh, not just as a coach. I, I thought you could be a, a legitimate difference maker in the game. What changed? Because you had everything in front of you. Yeah. Um, you know, it was not, I wasn't enjoying it anymore. Uh, and, you know, things were changing a little bit in, in Florida, obviously. And and then, you know, I just, I had an opportunity to to build out a business with my wife and, and you know, be home more with the kids and not travel to ice cold rinks and, <laughs> You know, all the, you know, it's a lot of travel when you're scouting and doing all that kind of stuff. So uh, you got to be fully invested. You got to have a passion for it. And uh, I got a little burned out. You know, you get told what to do from the age of 10 yeah. when you're playing hockey. And then you get told where to go, what to do when you're, you know, working for the league and then working for a team. And, you know, 30 plus years of being told what to do. You, at some point, you're like, okay. I might want to take my life back here for a little while anyways and see, uh, see how it goes. So it's been, uh, it's been nice to kind of get refreshed and, and build out this business and be an entrepreneur and, and learn uh, this side of, of, uh, of, the, of the game and life of business. By the way, you're still having somebody tell you what to do. It's your business partner, your <laughs> wife. So it, it'll never go away. It, it'll, it'll never go away. And, you win and the I fights you want to win. There, there you go. Winning. Exactly. <laughs> final time, final questions for Chris Proger after this. St. Louis Acura was the number one Acura dealer in Missouri in 2021. And we were the 17th in the nation for Acura sales volume. We sell over 100 pre-owned vehicles monthly, and we service all of the makes and models that we sell. We are waiting for verification of our 30th Acura Precision Team Award, the only dealer in the nation with so many awards for customer satisfaction and dealership performance. We have 300 pre-owned vehicles in stock right now. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. Chris Pronger, our guest. Hey, you know, you were a tough son of a bitch, period. And everybody knows that. And I remember one year you beat up Mir Miroslav Shatan and I gave you grief. I said, you beat up a Euro. 
And then about three weeks later, you caught Matthew Barnaby and just beat the crap out of him. You really didn't look at penalty minutes when you looked at the program. If a guy was in the wrong, he was going to get it no matter what. Yeah, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't be bugging me then. If you can't <laughs> handle it, don't bug me. <laughs> you know, like, Easier said you know, than why, done. Why why is he face washing me? Why is he you know doing whatever? I'm like, listen, if you're if you got the nerve to do that, then you got the nerve to drop your gloves. Something we don't see anymore. And, and I know you're a guy that was in an era where, you know, everybody had to be able to take care of themselves. And if not, you had twist and chase and people like that around. But today the game has changed so much to the point where there, there isn't the accountability that it used to be. And I think it really sends the wrong message on how this game should be played. Well, I think for me, the biggest thing that I don't like is when there's a clean hit, you got any random player on the ice going to start a fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's a clean hit. We used to look at our teammate and go, get your head up. You know, and yeah, if you got a chance to get a lick on that guy, you're getting a lick on him. But like it was a clean hit. Now, if it's a dirty hit, then yeah, there's going to be World War Three and we'll see what happens. But for clean hits, like now, I, I just no wonder nobody wants to hit anymore. No, because not <laughs> only are getting suspended, you're gonna fight, you're gonna get suspended, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna lose money. Yeah, I mean, I think about you, and I said to someone doing the Hall of Fame ceremony on the uh, banner raising that if you played today, you would basically be feeding a family because you would be in in George Paros's uh, video chats on a regular basis, and and maybe you would conform, but then if you did, I don't think you would enjoy playing the game that you knew growing up. Yeah, you know what? I think you have to evolve and you have to adapt. You know, from the time I came in in 93 to the time I was done in 2012, the game had obviously changed drastically over the over that time period. But you just have to evolve and change. Like somebody was talking to me about cross-checking the other day. I go, well, then change it up. Don't cross-check. Get into them. Get your yeah. stick into them. Lift his stick. Man, you know, there's ways that you can use the rule book to your advantage and use your relationship with the referees and and – you just have to find where that gray area is and you have yeah. to be willing to take the odd penalty to figure out where it is. I get the feeling while you're a successful businessman, entrepreneur, that if, if the right hockey situation presented itself, you, you might stick your toe in the water again. I've always said never, uh, never say never. And I think I said never with you once. <laughs> <laughs> and it bit me, did it not? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I said never one time. Once, once and only one once. Time. And, uh, I, you know, I now say, you know, I, I don't ever say never, but it, it would take a, a special opportunity to, to kind of make me want to get back into the fray. And, um, you know, there's there might be two or three opportunities like that that could potentially present themselves over the years. But. You know, who knows? It's, uh, you know, just living living one day at a time, Claves. You, you never know, know what's going to happen tomorrow. As they say, we're all day to day. Yeah. All right, final question <laughs> for you. Some are day to day with hurt feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for it to be over with. <laughs> all right, <clears throat> let's go back into the time machine back in your heyday. And you have one more shift left to play in your career. Who do you want on the ice with you? And who are five guys you'd like to get one more crack at? <laughs> on the other team. Ooh, I think there's more than five. <laughs> um, so who see. are the guys you want to be on one on the ice with you? 
Uh, let's see here. I'll, I'll take Al on my right. I'm going to play the left. Typically, I always play the right, but I'm going to play my strong side, and I'll be on the left. I'll be on the right. We'll have uh, Holly on the right side. We'll have Gretz in the middle, and uh, we'll have uh, Shane Corson on the left side. Just to keep everybody honest up front, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a little bit of grit. Yeah, you, the, uh, a little sandpaper. Goal scorer. All right, so uh, there's five guys coming over the boards that you just like one more crack at. Uh, Peter Forsberg, just because <laughs> he's a good player, and he yeah, and he I played with an edge too, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was he get was, one last lick on him. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Who else? Man, there's a long list. I don't know if I could. Keep I thought you'd go right out, right down the list. Maltby, Draper, that bunch in Detroit, yeah, well, because they were chirpers. Yeah, I got a, I got a few licks. I, after I left here, don't worry, I got a few licks on them. <laughs> I had Edmonton and Anaheim days. I got some, some good ones in. Um, yeah, probably Maltby. You got Maltby. You got Forsberg. Um, uh, let's see here. Maybe Jr. One last time with one last run with Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make him feel special. <laughs> yeah, he, he now talk about hurt feelings if he wasn't on this list. You're right. Yeah, I got to make him feel special. <laughs> uh, who was who was one of those guys? And you still have two other players that just chirp to the point where enough is enough that, you know, not that they could get under your skin, but you would just look at them and just say, I can punk you anytime I want to. Yeah. Uh, there's a few guys. Steve Ott was one of those guys. Oh yeah. He's, yeah. you know, running his mouth nonstop and you look at him like, really? Like beat it. <laughs> like run along <laughs> before I kibosh you. Um, Adam Burrish, he was always running his mouth. Steve Ott, um, you know, like my time in St. Louis, obviously it was pre-04 when they, the, you know, the rule changes and things like that. Uh, so there was still a lot of accountability in the league. So there wasn't a lot of, there were some guys that were chirping, but there was still a lot of accountability <laughs> in and amongst <laughs> the players. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, there was guys that were talking, but not, not to the level of some of these other guys after that, that, no, you can't necessarily do something or you're going to get suspended or you're going to, you know, it, it became more about, oh, I'm just going to draw a penalty. It's like now you see guys, they're, they're willing to turn their back and get hit from behind to draw a two-minute penalty. Yeah. It's, you know, you're, it's replaced you're taking a dive. You're at risk yeah. to draw a two-minute penalty. Like you know, seriously? It's, it's replaced taking a dive. Yeah. You it, know? It's, honestly, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah, it is. It truly is. All right, final question for you. Um, your dad, you got kids that are all almost out of your house, never out of your pocket. How much has that grounded you as far as your career and you look back on everything, the impact that they've had on you? Uh, because I remember you, you were 20 years old. You showed up here and it, you were you're on a different mission. And now to see you <laughs> grounded in the manner that you are, uh, it, it's it's come full circle. So yeah. what's that meant to you? Well, I think, you know, I think when I started having kids and get married, you have kids, you know, you realize there's a higher purpose. There's a, 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 a bigger picture to, to life. You know, obviously you have your hockey life and then you have your family and you have home and 
um, you know, I think you have a better understanding of how to kind of partition and segment. I would take hockey home and I would take it. I mean, losses would chew at me for days. Really? And drive me bananas. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd be miserable. And I'm like, okay, well, nothing I can do about it. And, you know, some of them might've been my fault, but most of them weren't. And you're like, well, what am I going to do about it? Like, how am I going to fix it? It's already happened. You know, and I think having kids that allowed me to like, just turn the page turn faster the page. and just, it's over with now. There's not, it's, you've already lost, get over it. Look at the next game. Look at what you can do, what you can improve, how you can help your teammates get better, uh, how you can kind of come together uh, and, and, and bring the group closer together. Uh, and then when you get away from the rink, just leave it at the rink. And, and, you know, it took me a long time to figure out how to leave the game at the rink and come home and be dad and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, it, it, it took quite a while, but once I, once I was able to do that, I feel like my game got better because hmm. I had more energy because I wasn't stewing over things and driving myself <laughs> crazy and exhausting myself. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think you're spot on. I, I think that kids subconsciously mellow us. Now, we may get pissed off at them and frustrated, but there's something about our own that when we look in their eyes, they, they bring the, the testosterone level down from time yeah. to time. Hey, man, this has been a blast. Uh, I can't thank you enough for joining me. More importantly, congratulations on something that was long overdue. And um, looking up at that rafter and seeing your number up there is certainly something that for all of us who saw every shift you played in St. Louis and have followed your career, uh, it, it's something we'll all appreciate. Thank you. Appreciate it, Klebs. He's Chris Pronger. I'm Mike Claiborne. But first... You know, the only thing faster than this supersonic golf cart are the closing times at thehomeloanexpert.com. Mortgage rates on the twos, and we have a 21-day closing guarantee. Apply online today at... TheHomeLoanExpert.com